Ah, we are live. Welcome. Did I scare you? Did I scare no, you, Joe? No, I'm, oh. I'm locked in. I'm ready. To, why, why do you always think you scare me? Because you kind of do like this every time I do that. I'm just yeah. a twitchy. I'm just a twitchy guy. That's that's just what it is. Either way, ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino, alongside me. It's a good friend, Joe DeLeone, live from Mobile. Yes, sir. I'm in the oh, south. You are in the south. I will ask you what you like about the South so far. I know that humidity is going to be number one. The birthplace, I think the birthplace, or at least the hometown of our producer, Pooh Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you like about the South so far? Uh, definitely not the weather because it's been extremely inconsistent. It was so seven- now you know how I feel. Why, Blake, why are you so grumpy all the time? Now you I'm know. Never- <laughs> well, it makes sense because yesterday it was 75 and sunny. Half of my face is sunburnt. The other half is not. I'm fried. And then today I was unprepared for clothing, froze my ass off for the entire two practices. I will say the barbecue, like there, there is, you can walk into most places. We were, we were chatting a little bit before and Pooh Bear was giving me some recommendations on some spots, even though some of the places that like I grabbed food from was mediocre for, per the Southern standards, still really freaking good food. Uh, we need to get you some seafood. Uh, you know, like yeah. if you're going to be on the South coast, you know, like you're going to need to get some seafood. If you were staying longer, I would make you drive the two and a half hours to come get you some crawfish. I was debating. I was really debating doing it. If we didn't have the Super Bowl next week and if I didn't have to be in Arizona, I would definitely have uh, made that trip. So you're just you just kind of do what you want, right? Like you get to go to Mobile <laughs> and you get to go to Arizona. By the way, by the way, Glendale is freaking phenomenal if you've never been. I went last year for the Fiesta Bowl between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, which was a very I, regrettable I mean, trip. I, I'm going to clip this and send it to him. Braun, like, is Joe your favorite son? Like, Okay, I, wait, wait. I, I paid for that. I paid for, for it to go to a football game. I went on my own. That was – that was. I, I might be I might be Braun's favorite son, in, 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 in all honesty. But I that – I did not get to truly enjoy Glendale because I was so upset and angry over. You remember that game, right? The Notre Dame held a significant lead. Yeah, it was lead Marcus Freeman's first game. Oklahoma State came all the way back. Beginning and, of the end was the yeah. beginning of the end. You know, I, I remember. You know, I, I'll just say this: I remember. You know, when we, when me and Eric, our our producer, our our GM, if you will. President, Our president started talking to me about doing this show and then doing like an SEC college football show. And I was like, you know who I really like is this guy, Joe DeLeon. I mean, he he's really good. And then all of a sudden, Brian Kelly goes to LSU and Notre Dame's getting their cheeks clapped by Oklahoma State. And you just said some very choice words. And I told Eric, I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it something I tweeted that? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely something you tweeted. But then you came back to your senses when Marcus Freeman lost. And then, you know, I was like, okay, he, he's back to be an even kill. Anyway, yep. we do got a big show in store for you here today. Something that we table. Now, we usually will be going Monday, Wednesdays. We're going to try to go at least two or three times a week. But since Joe's been moving around, we've been having to readjust and things like that. He had a very bad experience trying to get a flight, which is 95% of America that's doing that. But, Joe, we'll talk to you about some of the seniors, some of the college guys. I'm just going to sit back and let you go. Some guys that that you've seen. I think the Ohio State right tackle has been really big. I know that he was nicked up today. He didn't go. But where I wanted to get, get some gems, some guys that you think that are going to really make some money and have made some money uh, for themselves this weekend. And it's always a great weekend. Shout out to our good friend Jim Nagy. He does such an, a phenomenal job uh, at what he does. National Signing Day, Joe, I got to be honest, it's kind of blah for me at this point, you know, because yeah. everybody signs in the early signing period. However, I, I don't think we're going to talk specifically about recruits, even though Jaden Rashada goes to Arizona State, which I think is just bonkers. 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 Like if you're gonna if you're gonna table Florida, why go to Arizona State? We'll we'll touch on that. Uh, but something bigger. We'll get into more detail and depth about this National Signing Day. And look, Joe, I know our believe co- our believe colleagues continue to say that Blake's the biggest SEC homer on planet Earth. I understand that. But sometimes recruiting and blue chip recruiting really starts to show out. Matt Rule, is he bringing back Nebraska? We'll see. They're also recruiting at a high level. And we talked about this last night on my show, Joe, but Stetson Bennett, per 
which I found a Dallas police report allegedly was going door to door, drunk as a skunk, knocking on people's doors, singing, and I'm quoting, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Wait, that's what he was doing? Allegedly. Oh, my God. That is. Allegedly. So. I can't wait we'll to, to get that. into that. I, I absolutely Well, and we might talk about that. that a little bit because I might bring that up to you because I know that you kind of hear whispers about maybe some things. You are at the Senior Bowl, so I kind of want to. Yes get your get your uh, uh take about that all right so a big show in store here tonight uh my top 10 i don't know if cam rogers is making you do this but my top 10 is going to be dropping sometime this week mm. i don't think that you'll like it too much i don't have notre dame in the top 10 that was gonna be my guess which is kind of ridiculous that you don't have them in there joe they suck I mean, I, I they didn't. They lost a couple of players. They lost Isaiah Foskey uh, yeah. and Jared Patterson. Yeah, Foskey, yeah, Foskey's a bit. Yeah, I mean, he's ooh. a he's a he's, he's one easily of the best replaceable. Play- he's not easily replaceable. He was one of the best players on their defense. I'm he's being sarcastic. I know. Well, they also added Sam Hartman. I think you got to take him a little bit more seriously. I don't. Once you drop that list, I do think we should spend some time he, reacting to it. I would love to talk about it. We'll, we might get to it. Who yeah. was uh, two year Brian Kelly's last year? Who was the quarterback? It was Jack Cohn. Hartman and, Hartman is the great value Jack Cohn. Stop. No, no. Sam Hartman. Jack Cohn couldn't even win the starting job at Wisconsin over Graham Mertz. Over Graham Mertz, he couldn't win the starting well, job. First off, Cohn wasn't as bad as y'all thought that he was. He really wasn't. I, I, will, I will admit that after seeing what I saw this year with Drew Pine, I do completely agree that he deserves a little bit more credit. But Sam Hartman is heads above Jack Cohn. He's got way more games under his belt. He deserves a lot more credit for what of the inevitable impact that he's going to have on Notre Dame. Still got Tommy Reese. Anyway, I'm just I'm just messing with you. You know I got to give you a hard time. All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. So many of you listen to us. Joe, we're killing it on the Facebook numbers. So everybody continue to do us a favor by hitting the like and share, share to those uh, uh, Facebook groups, share to your own SEC, uh, or share to your own SEC pages, share to your own social media pages as well. Joe, over the 300 mark and subscribers on YouTube, we'll be closing in on 1,000 really soon. I think we're at 320, looking to get to 400 by the end of the week, and we continue to grow that, uh, continue to grow that. So do us a favor by subscribing and hitting the notification bell. And all of our good friends, wherever you listen to podcasts, Series 6M, TuneIn app, thank you so much. Rate, review, and subscribe as well. Joe, let's take our very first very first and only break of the show. So about good friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.ag. I gave them a lot of money this past weekend. So thanks, did I. Thanks, refs. Screwing Joe Burrow, you freaking idiots. <laughs> it's freaking rigged. By the way, if you hadn't seen Twitter today, everybody's been going on this it's rigged thing. And like, oh, it's fantastic. It's been fantastic. We might talk about that too. All right, we'll be right back. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. I was muted. <laughs> I was muted. I'm just sitting there talking. And I was muted. Joe, very quickly, this NFL is scripted thing has been hilarious. Like, I think one of the funnier ones is like when Alex, uh, when, uh, what, well, not Alex Jones. Shoot, what was it? Uh, who, he was at Kansas City. He was with San Francisco. Uh, who, Alex, oh, my God. Oh, Alex Smith. Yes, yes, Alex yes. Smith got his script about him hurting his leg like that. And then, Antonio Brown when he when Vontez Barthe g- gave him CTE like, <laughs> a lot of those have been really funny so if you hadn't checked that out I think P- PFT did it 
or PMT, whatever his name is on Barstool. Go check it It was out. Arian Foster who was the one who originated the you know the, the joke that people took and ran with it that it was a real thing. There's a, there's actually a couple pages that really, think Do you real. think that there is some scripted stuff here with the NFL just very quickly? I don't think that it's scripted. I think for to have that you think level it's of rigged. Scripted is 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 tough. Do you think it's a little bit rigged? I, I don't like using scripted, rigged, or any of those words, but I will say that I do think officials have in mind an intent to make certain games more entertaining when there is an ability to do so. So last week's game, to keep that game closer, is more beneficial for ratings. It's more beneficial for the inevitable Super Bowl. It's the same thing with the NBA playoffs. They push and make and play make calls so that it ends up being a seven-game series. They don't right. want a short series in the NBA finals or in the playoffs. They want as many games as possible. So I absolutely think that there is deliberate decision-making by officials knowing that it will impact the product. But I, I, I don't think that we can take that the full step of there is uh, a hand in the outcome completely. I will just very quickly agree with Chris and say that it's unfairly officiated. Yeah. Uh, but, but this is what gets me now. Look, I'm a Joe Burrow homer and apologist. Like, I feel like I've I've seen Joe Burrow walk on water, okay? Nevertheless, the same referee, though, Joe, called the pass interference against Logan Wilson in the Super Bowl. He was the one that called the grounding, and he was the one that was supposed to be watching the time when the play clock was going, and he let the play clock go and then made the ultimate decision to run it back. I do have an issue with that, okay? The grounding call was probably the worst grounding call that I can remember was backs to the quarterback. That's not the rule. No. Okay, so nevertheless, Mahomes and Burrow will be in this a lot. You know, Burrow probably has 15 or 10 to 15 more chances or cracks at it to get there. We'll see. But I, I just get really aggravated by horrible officiating. And you know what? If you know the as the old saying goes, if a hundred dudes are sitting in the bar and they know that it's not pass interference or they know that it's not intentional grounding, why don't you just like they can make instant calls like that? New York can make an instant call like saying and go in their ear and say, guys, it's not it's not intentional grounding. Right. That's the that's always going to be the complicated argument of like, oh, what if it's so easy to be that quick with the instantaneous ruling with the video like the access that we have with video is is so much greater than it's ever been so we put dudes on mars i mean the moon bro well all, all the old heads and i feel like a lot of people the traditionalists that have that belief of like oh we shouldn't look to instant replay we shouldn't rely on instant replay if there's something that that quickly somebody can chime in and say hey why did you just call that reverse it right now that person should have an overrule over anyone that is on the field and that might have an obstructed view. But I totally agree with the sentiment. I think that separate from what my point was, there are certainly biases that step into the game that should not. There's a reason why you can pull up officials and be like, X official has, uh, when this team is in the game, they're 0-5. They indirectly yeah, have they it. did that with LeBron. Yes. Right? They did yeah. that with LeBron, and they pulled the guy out of the NBA Finals because LeBron was 0-17 in the, in the playoffs. I forget yeah. the guy's name, but he was 0-17, Joe. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. All right, let's get off of that. Let's get into some college football. I don't, you know, you know how I am about yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of guys that will be in the NFL, though, you are, as we said earlier, you're live in Mobile. I guess who are some guys, when, since you're here at the Senior Bowl, that are standing out to you? Right. One first, this is an SEC show in its in its basis. Uh, one SEC college football. Yeah. I mean, we go all over the place. We're, well, we, we're SEC biased, as everyone says. Christopher Smith, though, from Georgia, who we, we've we've talked about a little bit on this show, I think has been impressive. I tweeted out or the Believe account tweeted out a video where I, I pulled a bunch of clips of him at practice and what he has shown being able to cover tight ends, being step for step with guys is really promising because he's a small defensive back. And for him to make plays on the ball, to be disruptive as a small DB, that's what you want. That That's what you want as a guy that can be a tight end eraser. Separate from him, though, there have been a lot of offensive linemen that have looked good. There have been a lot of defensive linemen that have looked good, particularly 2D tackles. 
Carl Brooks from Bowling Green has had a very surprising week. The one who I think is having the most meteoric rise out of anybody is Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He was injured for most of this year. The, the, the three-tech. The three-tech. So he played nose mostly for Wisconsin, and he has been playing a lot more three-tech and a lot more on the interior and in different spots at the Senior Bowl this week. And he's really showing that he's not a nose. He can be a really good three-tech at the next level. Uh -huh. Explosive hands, really, really strong kid. In terms of the offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, very consistent. He's a center or a guard at the next level. And I then think Matt, he's a guard. I think he's a guard. I saw you talk about I wouldn't yeah. look at him. I thought he was a guard personally. I think he works at either spot. He he was so his clean. Snaps are go his snaps yeah. are goofy though. The you, think, you don't think he works as, as no, a I don't think I, I well, let me say this. Uh, to your point, I think his snap, if it's fixed, he'll be a center. He's got to get that snap fixed. I mean, it's too hot and too low. You kind of like me in a club. Okay? <laughs> I mean, but anyway, continue. Yeah, that you don't want to have a, a center as you're in your history of playing center. I was a long snapper. Anyone who's handling the football at the beginning of the play, if it's not getting there without having to move for it, that's a problem. Matt Bergeron, though, Syracuse offensive tackle, has been super, super consistent. Those have been like the main, main risers for me. So you brought up Dewan Jones earlier, though, the Ohio State kid. I think that his performance this week has been a little bit overhyped. So he had a really you know strong first day. He had a couple good reps, but this is like a big, big, long, powerful kid who I think everyone saw how big he was and got all excited and made some average plays sound a lot better than they were. The other thing, too, that I heard today, Blake, so you mentioned that he was nicked up and, and, and was not participating. I, Apparently, I know, I know what you're about to tell me. He he quit because he had a good day. No, well, apparently, and I don't look. I'm I'm prefacing by saying this. I don't have verification. You're, of this. you're just you're just hearing whispers. He apparently just dipped and didn't tell anyone. His agent told him, "You're like you you're good. You're done. You did great. You did way better than we thought you were going to do on the first day. Leave." And nobody well, knew that he was hurt. Don't, why, why play? Why, why, why hurt yourself? That's a good point. But here's how I, I, the reason why I believe that's true is that this morning there was player availability for, to talk to the players for the media. And they had a separate podium for Dewan because he was doing so well. Everyone wanted to talk to him. And I went over to wait for him to show up oh, and no. we were there for 10 so minutes well. and no, and he didn't come over. And I just thought that that was a little odd. I was like, I wonder what would happen. Once I spoke to the person later in the day that told me this, that he just dipped, I think that confirmed that. The way that I look at, though, what you're saying, don't want to get hurt. I think it's a little bit more that this is, from what I have heard, a kid who's not that invested in the game of football. He actually came on the NFL Draft Prospects podcast, my show, with my co-host, Ryan Roberts. Ryan asked him about like football and what he thinks of it. And he's like, oh, I just kind of ended up playing it because I was too big for basketball. Oh, no. He I even admitted like he admitted like on my show that he is not that invested in football. So I think that his agent was like, don't let the teams start coming up and asking you questions. You're 20 pounds heavier than the beginning of the season, which is really weird. We need to get you out of here, and you've done enough to boost your stock. That's what I think would happen. What about Tajay Spears? We talked about him, the, the two-lane running back. Yeah, I think he's shown a really good job catching the football. You asked me about him earlier, and it took me kind of like a second to uh, – to remember him, but the, the plays that he's made, the vision he's shown, he's shown really good navigation. The one thing that's really tricky with running backs, at the senior bowls, it's mostly a thud practice. Nobody's getting taken to the ground. So it's hard to read these running backs, but out of the few guys that have shined, he's been one of the better running backs of the week. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hot take. You ready? Let's hear it. I don't think he's Alvin Kamara. Okay. Don't take, don't, don't, confuse me when i say what i'm about to say okay okay but i think that so i think a team's going to take a shot on him in the third or fourth round kind of like what they did with the saints did with kamara i think if he hits a certain system like i think if he goes to san francisco and is a backup to christian mccaffrey he's dangerous I, I think that there's specific teams that if he goes to i think if he goes to denver with sean payton now i think that he's a bit he's going to be a big time issue for a mm -hmm. lot of people I think if that kid gets in the right system, Joe, here, here's the reason why. Look what he did against USC in that in that final yeah. game. Look what he did against Kansas State. He's killed people. 
Okay. And it's not as if that he's playing like it's not as if when he's playing the bigger teams, he disappears. The he shows up. He shows up in a very, very big way. We'll we'll see about them. Getting back to your Christopher Smith thing. When you said that earlier today, you know what my first thought was? What? I mean, he everybody keeps talking about him covering tight ends. It's such a great lore. Okay. I kept thinking to myself, well, shit. When you got to go up against Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington every day, any other tight end in the country not named Travis Kelsey or Dallas Goddard that he's going to cover at the next level, it's going to be easier. There's not, there is not a receiving tight end in the in America outside of maybe two that's better than Brock Bowers. Okay, so I think that you know, I, I just really think that when you when you're playing. Like sometimes when you go in against guys in practice and then when you go in the game and the guys that you're playing in the game aren't as good as your scout team dudes, like, bro, (laughs) he's got to be laughing. He is a little DB, but here's the thing. He kind of reminds me a little bit of an Eric Berry when we kind of talked about him in the sense of the dude will just come out and absolutely headhunt you, Mm. okay? You know who else Christopher Smith was, if I'm not mistaken? I'm pretty sure Christopher Smith was the guy that knocked out Marvin Harrison Jr. in the bowl game. I, I believe he was. Right. So to 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 say that like like the dude will light you up. I, I really like Christopher Smith, but here's the crazy thing about Georgia. Okay, and we'll talk about this in National Signing Day. They find gems all over the place at, at DB. Okay. Absolutely. Christopher Smith is one of those guys that I think that you look at and are just like, dude, like. Where did you come from? Now, I remember this doesn't get really televised, you know, like, so I, I'm a, you know, what do you credential through the SEC or whatever. And, you know, on Wednesdays, Joe, we do the SEC teleconference. I usually go in there and listen to Brian Kelly. He was the first one. And so I, I may wait for, you know, the conference opponent or team that they're playing. But now that we're launching the show, I would stay there and listen to the big ones. I would stay right after and listen to Kirby. And no lie. Kirby Smart must have mentioned Christopher Smith at least every SEC teleconference that I listened to. Oh, he loves him. He loves him. And, and, and when they asked him about it, he goes, because I can yell at him, I can curse him out, I can say he stinks, I could say that he, he he's poo. Every time he goes, he says, yes, sir, and then he gets back to it, and then he just dominates. I like that pick by you. I I, I didn't purposefully, I didn't tell you going into this, about Christopher Smith, I wanted you to give me your holistic opinion. But when we talked about in the Georgia recap, he was a guy that I thought that I had mentioned. And you know what, LSU, the only one thing is that when we talked about LSU exposing him, he doesn't like he doesn't like the vertical passing game a lot, okay? Yeah, but he likes to go down in the box. Yeah, he's a very underrated athlete. And when I watched him and I evaluated his tape, it's very easy to get distracted by all of the guys that are around him. And it's very easy right. to be like, like, well, like he's he's good for what he is and he's consistent, but everyone else around him is making plays. I think now that he was removed from that environment and he was thrown into a situation to be the best defensive back on the field, that was when he stepped up. But I totally agree. He is going to be a, a starting free safety for somebody. I graded him as, I want to say, a late third, and I might bump him up a little bit after this week. Uh, just such a freaking good player. He's great personality. He's a leader. He'll be a staple on somebody's defense for like eight years. Well, and I just, just for reference, I just went and retweeted your video with him since we've been talking about him. I've been waiting to do that uh, as well. But you know what? It's funny. I see you around these North North Dakota State guys all the live long day. You know who's the redheaded, the long haired redheaded North Dakota State guy that you've been talking to? Oh, What's Cody Mock, Cody Mock, my guy. That's your guy. I mean, <laughs> how has he been doing? Um, so the first day you could really tell that there was an acclimation period, like where he was still kind of getting used to being out here and being, he just wrapped up three weeks ago, like the Georgia and the TCU guys. And you, he even said it, that there's a little bit of a hangover stepping immediately from the three weeks off into practice. But today he looked really clean. A lot of people were talking about how he's showing a lot of toughness, a lot of grit. I think he looks a lot better inside a guard then he's going to play at tackle. He's just such an interesting kid because he he comes from like the, the Midwest, middle of nowhere. He was a tight end, put on all this weight. 
He moves like a tight end. He's a mean, mean, tough SOB. I asked him. I didn't post the clip. I thought. Do you, do you think he can move into center? He was snapping a little bit, and he talked about having to snap a little bit, but I don't know if I want to bump him into center. I, I feel like he's better off trying he's to play Kelsey guard. Kelsey, if he can get a snap down. You think that he's Jason Kelsey? I think he's a lot bigger than I, Jason Kelsey, though. That's, the, he, that's the Well, he, he's bigger, but he's got the mo- the movement. Yes. His, his, got, his feet are great. His, his he feet moves. are fantastic. He needs, he needs to be in a situation where, in my opinion, he doesn't have someone head up on him. He doesn't need yeah. a one tech. He doesn't need a three. He needs to be some. He needs to be off ball. What we call yeah. off ball. Look, I'll just be blunt with you. I never bode. I never did well with a straight up nose. Never, not once. Was it a size hand, thing? Was that why? Nose hand quickness. Really, okay. now that I look back on it, I could not. I, I did not have the ability to snap the ball and get my hand back up. Travis Kelsey is the best because he can just one hand, just one hand. You pause. But he can one hand sh- what we call we what the technique is called one hand shafting. Yeah, double balls. <laughs> never, nevertheless, he's so good at extending. I do like your kid from North Dakota State. I think if you mention to him, just say you know maybe a you know got a pretty damn good center. Just uh, get your snaps down. You know, get your snaps down. I, I I can see that him maybe maybe making a career out of it. I I do think that at the very least he's shown the if he can do both, that's what's going to get him drafted higher. Is that ability Agreed. to play both positions? Agreed. All right, last one about the Senior Bowl because you got a lot of coverage. Go over to Believe and go follow Joe DeLeon on Twitter. Hendon Hooker, I know he's not participating. He's got a lot of buzz there. You know, a lot of Saints now. You know, a lot of Saints people, a lot of Tampa Bay people now today. The Tom Brady and we had him mentioned. You know, we're 28 minutes in here. We hadn't even mentioned Tom Brady yet. But Hennon Hooker, how's the vibe around him? A lot of people, like just him being there, seems like a lot of people are, you know, really excited for him. To, to be completely honest, the one thing that's been a, a bit, f- not funky, I'm a big Hennon Hooker fan, first of all, but I feel like all the big social media accounts are tweeting about him, but nobody's really talking about him. He hasn't really shown up. I haven't really seen him hovering around very much he's not somebody who really sticks out from where he is but I will say hearing about his recovery time is very promising and we had a a very short back and forth about that on on Twitter because I tweeted about it for him to be moving I think by that timeline that's that's relatively quick now you had an ACL injury so like I don't two and I I don't want to pretend that I know more he's not going to be ready dude if he's ready then he's a super athlete like Joe, I, I don't really care that he's off crutches. Yeah, like, it doesn't. You know, I remember the Jamison Williams deal where everyone was like, "Oh, he he'll be ready to go by training camp," and then how Joe, long it did it take it him? It took him eleven months. Yeah, regardless, he's not going to start, start right away. away. He's he's not somebody who was going to step into a situation and start right away. To me, he's. I, I don't agree with that. I think if he gets drafted in the second round by the Saints, they want him to go. Well, that's when I say that he's not going to start right away. I mean that you're not starting him game one. If he's fully healthy, I don't know if he's somebody who I want to start game one right away. Similar age to Kenny Pickett, and we saw how long it took Kenny Pickett to get going. I think Hendon Hooker is a much better prospect than Kenny Pickett. I think he's got a lot more promise. His deep ball is a lot better than Kenny Pickett's was. I think by the start of his second season, he will be a full-time starter. At the very least, if he's on a bad team like the Saints, he could take over by the end of the season once he's fully healthy and he's capable to go. That injury is so it is very physical. It's also extremely mental. Okay. I think, in my opinion, so I've broken my hand, I've broken knuckles. I, I mean, I, I, I've literally put my body through a lot of really shitty things. And I, you know, my body's a temple, as Jesus tells me, and I probably should have treated it better. I just don't, I, I don't like seeing that a lot of times. Now, Pooh says that Amari Rogers, you can put it up, Pooh. Healed in, in five months from an ACL tear. Like, I don't like that kind of stuff. I think you need to give your body time. Now, that's, yeah. a, that's a personal preference of somebody that's gone through two of them and someone that still has to go get his knee drained every week. I, I think my thing would be, Joe, because when you're having to throw and you're having to plant on that leg, I mean, look, if you're listening to this podcast or you listen to the show, you've been in a situation where you've probably played sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're throwing a ball and you're here and you're having the you're having the torque, it's the same thing with Tiger Woods. Why did Tiger have issues with his left knee over and over and over again? 
Because when you swing and when you do that hip thrust, yes, your hip is going into it. But the torque that you put on that knee is so is so vigorous. Okay. Yeah. I, I just I worry about him. Okay. Just in the sense that I just don't want him to rush it because he's going to get drafted. There's no doubt whatsoever that Hendon Hooker is getting drafted. Yes. And so I, I, if it were just me, I would be telling him, listen, don't try to overdo it. You can make a 15-year career. Don't let this one decision bother you as much. Because, look, we've seen guys like Chase Daniel for crying out loud in the NFC Championship game. I forget his first name. I just always remember his Johnson. He's He's been a backup. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. I, I would love to know how many teams Josh Johnson's played for. Chase Daniels, others. So Nick Foles is still a backup in Indiana or Indiana and in, in Indianapolis. So nevertheless, I just I don't like seeing that personally from anybody. I don't care who the athlete is. Take your time. Okay. Right. That's my the whole big thing here. Why I'm I'm kind of talking about he he doesn't really need to start until his his second season. I, I don't see that there's a benefit. It's not like he's going to step into a situation where they're a quarterback away from winning. Most teams that are drafting a rookie quarterback are doing it as a long-term play I for agree. a couple seasons down the line. So don't let any situation rush you. Go on your own terms. Go on when you're ready to go. Probably going to be a year two for, for, for Hendon realistically. All right, let's transition because, it, Joe, it was National Signing Day. I, I mean, hardly nobody. I mean, look, at this point, it's really not that big of a day. It's not like when I was growing up and Joe, I don't, I know that you're 24, 25. So I don't know. Was the early sign? Did they have early sign? There's no way early signing day was, was there. No, when you the, were there. the transfer portal wasn't even a thing until my last, my last year. So I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to, to benefit from that, but normal signing day was in February. And I do very distinctly remember my signing day for a number of reasons. And I'm, I'll share that story on a different day, but, uh, yeah, it, it, there was no early signing period when I signed. So today you did have some big news. Okay, Jane Rashada, we've talked about him on this show. I'm so tired of talking about that kid. And no real offense to him. He's going to Arizona State. I, you know, is what it is. Then you had Nicholas Harbor made some really big news. Uh, going to South Carolina, I think that that gives Shane Beamer an instant tight end. And Joe, quite honestly, Jaheim Bell, it doesn't really look as bad anymore. Because, in, in my opinion, Nicholas Harbor is ready to go now at tight end. That's a big deal. But here's where I'm going to take National Signing Day today, okay? And we talked about this before the show, and it's something that, listen, I joke around, in the, I joke around a lot, but when I'm serious, I, I, I really do want to be serious. Today, Peter Burns, my, our good friend Peter Burns, who works at SEC, the SEC Network, posted this. Of the 2023 five-star recruits, the signed by conference via 247 Sports, 21 of them went to the SEC. Joe, one went to the Big Ten. Seven to the Big 12, five no. to the Pac-12, four to the ACC. That's not the problem that I have necessarily. This is where I have the problem, okay, is that of the four-star recruits, the SEC got 145 of them almost doubling the next conference in the Big Ten at 74. I think, Joe, that where I want to go with this this one is just the simple fact that you you want me to stop talking about the SEC. You want me to stop. Joe, you could you – could, this is something that's crazy. Did you know in a 300-mile radius, 19 of the last 21 national champions – are in a 300-mile radius of one another. Damn near. Yeah, I think we broke that down before, so it's it's all the same region. So if that, so with that being said, I'm not going to sit here and say stars matter and they don't matter, whatever. I don't want to get into that debate today. But the best, the best athletes are usually going to one spot. All I'm saying is, if you want to compete, you got to recruit better. And you got to go in the transfer portal and get better dudes. You know, like I saw the thing from Ole Miss today. They made this little, you know, Marvel, you know, transfer portal. Like when the guys went back through the portal and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, you're the be your best offensive lineman that you had a season ago might be the biggest loser 
in the senior bowl practice this oh, week. Oh, you're talking about Nick Bra Broker? Oh, he's yeah. get he's gotten his ass whooped and, and, and during these practices. Dude, everybody was telling me that he was going to be a second round pick. No, so I used to have uh -uh. to think with dudes so many times. I'm like, guys, he is he's not that soft. good. He's soft. His his feet. He's got no upper body strength. I I'm like stunned by how bad he is. But sorry to, to continue your point. But but to my point though. I just can't get out of this fact of, you know, when we talk about Texas, when we talk about Oklahoma, when we talk about those two teams entering the SEC, when we talk about USC, we talk about UCLA entering the Big Ten. Buddy, you better start recruiting better. Now, you can look at Texas and say to yourself, oh, well, they, they're, you know, they're up there in recruiting. Well, you're a little top-heavy. And I think that that's being shown a little bit to some extent of the, of the word – Bro, did, Texas almost has all the five stars in the Big 12, all, almost all of them. I don't know how what you think about that, Joe, but I just think it's a really big deal. Yeah, I think it's it's very problematic for the future outlook of, of college football, and it's not like this is anything new. This is something that we're, we're used to already. All of the best players are picking and choosing to go to SEC teams, and now that NIL is open and is a re very, very real thing, that it is not an under-the-table uh, inducement like it was in the past, it's only going to get progressively worse. I know some people claim that there is more opportunities for parity, but at the same time, here we are with the same statistics that we get every single year. Why this is bad for the future outlook of college football is that the two, two teams in the Big 12 that garnered all of those five stars, all of those four stars are Oklahoma and Texas that are going to the SEC. This is one of the few issues that I think I'm going to agree with you, Blake, is that the SEC is running laps around any other team in the country that is outside of the SEC. There is a reason why we bring up the blue chip ratio. How many four- and five-star kids do you have? How many talented athletic players do you have? Good coaching, as we saw this year, can get you kind of far. But when you face off against a team that is well-coached and has all the talent, you're going to get your ass kicked. That's just plain and simple. More needs to be done. I will say that there are teams in across the country that show signs of promise. Teams like USC. What Colorado has already done is kind of crazy that they have got no NIL money and that they've attracted some of the recruits yeah, that they have. They yeah. Well, you think that they don't have NIL money? No, I think that they do. Well, the AD was saying that they didn't even have money to pay Dion his salary and he had to go look for the money. So I don't know. I don't know what money that they're paying Cormani McClain. I, I don't know. I'm just basing it off. No, of I was born at 7.02 p.m. at night. What boosters but, does Colorado it, have? It has not. Okay. Well, I don't want to get could, into this debate. Joe, Okay. I don't mean this in the wrong way. I don't think Travis Hunter got paid millions. If you really believe that Travis Hunter didn't get a little something-something, you're crazy. If you don't believe that Carmani McClain got money from somebody, you're crazy. I'm not saying that they aren't going to earn an NIL deal, but I don't think that their NIL I'm, money... And, I'm not, and look, I'm not saying that they're getting paid thousands and thousands of dollars. He says, Pooh Bear says, sir, have you not seen their revenue from cannabis alone? But they don't have a booster uh, alumni group that's passionate about football. Like, I just, I don't think that that's their their priority but my point is is that i'm sure that there's money somewhere but i don't think that that recruitment is parallel to the sec nil recruitment i think that they're very different i think maybe that somebody helps set him up with a deal that might have paid him a decent amount of money but i don't think it's the same way where it's like the rashada deal here's 13 million dollars come play for us I just literally, literally just typed in who are Colorado's biggest boosters, and it took me to like a, a don't click the first link. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do, do not click the first link. It's um, you share screen that might get us taken off. Of um, <laughs> let me just say this: I think yeah. that you could go to like somethinghub.com and then you could figure it all out. But I, I get what you're saying, but you don't recruit at that high of a level if cash isn't being passed. Yeah. Uh, from the past year, the athletics budget for the 2022 year includes revenue and expenses of $89 million range, where uh, which is where the budget was prior to the pandemic. Joe, they got money, bud. 
they got not as, not as not as much as their other team, not as much as what Oregon's playing with. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, and I agree that Oregon's putting out money. Okay, where did Peyton Bowen wind up? But going, he went to Oklahoma. That was a separate you know, issue. We talked well, about this well, off here. Well, that was well, immaturity. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. Demand's worth $45 billion with a B. Are you, are, billion. Wait, who are you talking about? Bill Knight, Oregon oh, yes. stoner, yes. is worth $45 billion. Yes. So you do know that he could give for NIL $1 billion, and they would be flushed for and he's, 10, he's 10, not years. He's not giving them a billion dollars, but he is giving them – a lot of money. He has opened up the checkbook, and we saw that capability of when he opens up the checkbook. They either signed top recruits or they were in the contention to sign top recruits. I agree with because that. of the money. I agree with that. And and, and look, I, I think they're going to win the pack. Oh, absolutely. Because Bo Nix returned, they're absolutely going to. And I, hey, you know who they got? They got a Rody Ram playing likely right tackle next year in a, a Johnny Cornelius. I saw that. I saw that. A point I was trying to make, though, Rhode Island doesn't have any money. That's the only thing. Oh, we, oh, we, there was no keeping a Johnny Cornelius. I can only imagine what that conversation between him and Coach Flem was. It's like, hey, uh, Johnny, we need you to come I'm back. All, hey, do you have an accent? Do you have like a Jersey? No, accent? not really. Can you? It do comes more? out something. Not really. I can do like the the obnoxious Italian sometimes that comes out of me, but not. not. Calm down. Calm down. I'm more of an obnoxious Italian because I'm from New Jersey. Listen, I do know people from the Gambino crime family. Okay? <laughs> I, I I know Tony Soprano. Okay, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway, all right. Nevertheless, nevertheless, getting back to the original point. Yeah, it's why that that perimeter of the Southeast is going to continue to win. Okay, and, and Joe, it, it's gonna take. It's literally going to take somebody to have a Herculean type of effort. And they're just going to have to hit on some really big three stars. I could bear like, like you. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about to win it. I think TCU had some luck. I like. I really do. I still don't. Be, I still believe Joe that TCU, bro. Let can I just tell you something? And, mm -hmm. and now that we're out of this national championship for a little bit, clip this. Now that we've been outside this national championship for a couple weeks. TCU maybe at best wins eight games in the SEC this year. I think that you can agree with that. Look yeah, at the they lost all their starters. No, I'm talking about this past year when they went to a national title. Oh, oh, yes. I mean, come on, dude. Like, can we can we officially put the stamp on that? I get playing for a national title is difficult, but man, the best teams that they played. Outside of Michigan, they lost to. Yeah, no. you know Kansas State's the best team, that, bro. I I really believe this. You you want to laugh? Speaking of uh, of your boy uh, Tajay Spears, I think Tulane beats could beat TCU. Stop. Okay, we're not. No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. You're just trying to piss me off. We're we're absolutely not doing this. We're not. No. So transit property doesn't work. No, because you give me shit every time I try to bring the transitive property into this. It, it does not. I don't think it applies. It, they are a, a, an explosive team that when they're they're hot, they they are they are hard to beat. But TCU is not losing to Tulane. They're just not. Some people would believe that Utah wouldn't lose to a six and six SEC team. I, I thought we weren't doing the transitive property. Well, you're not because Florida beat Utah. I feel like we bring up a lot of the same points. One point that I would like to bring you're up. You're right. Just, you're just, right. I just try to rub to, it in. To circle but back. To my, but to my point, to that point, though, to that point, I know that you know that I'm joking a lot. Of yes. To that point, though, Florida's in that mix. Yes. Florida's in that mix of getting that hundred, those 145 four-stars now. I mean, you're still they're still getting some of the best recruits that you can get. One thing I want to bring up, though, with those numbers, obviously it's lopsided, but I think it needs to be acknowledged with how large the SEC is and the amount of teams that it is eventually going to have. A lot of those four- and five-star kids, the vast majority of them, are picking 
the four or five top schools in the conference. I know that's more than most conferences, but it's not like that's evenly spread out. It's not like Arkansas. It's not like Arkansas is getting some kids. It's not like uh, Tennessee is getting getting a a, a, actually Tennessee is sorry bad example. It's not like now that Heupel's there, it's different. It's not like Missouri's getting some of those some of those kids like they used to back in the day. It is very heavily Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, and then sometimes Florida. And I I in LSU, I feel as though I'm I'm obviously going to include LSU. Outside of that. A lot of those top recruits are not picking those other programs. I know that Texas A&M tends to put together good recruiting classes. That is a whole separate mess because those that talent is not actualized on the field. But for the most part, it is the mostly the top teams. There's not a. It needs to be established that there is not a lot of parity in the SEC. It is. It is not a conference that is evenly balanced. It's more talented by the sum of its parts but it is the top teams that keep winning for a reason. Joe, in the 1990s, 1980s, 1970s, and even in the, let's just call it early, from 2000 to 2010, Nicholas Harbor would never have ended up at South Carolina. He would have ended up at Michigan or Ohio State and maybe Maryland because he's from there. Yeah. Who brings up an interesting point? Auburn would like a word. I agree with him with that too. My, my point is, is when you're having these big-time five-star recruits, and they're in Washington, D.C. So, for example, Washington, D.C. had two five-star recruits that literally lived three and a half miles from one another. I know this for a fact. Deshaun Womack, defensive end or outside Jack Back or whatever you want to call him, went to LSU. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. we're talking about Nicholas Harbor. He obviously went to South Carolina. That can't happen. Those kids need to be going to Ohio State. Or at least Ohio State needs to get one of, one of them. Okay? Yeah. I think to win a national title. It's the only point I'm bringing. All right, Joe, we got about five to seven minutes here before we wrap it up. You want to get to some Matt Rule? Well, what, let's. I know we keep tabling it. Okay. Let's save that for longer. I want to talk about Stetson. I, I think that without, okay. I, I think I, it's I, important for for the 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 history of this show and the impact that Stetson has had on this show. I would like to discuss what happened this past week. All right, weekend. well, well, I, I've talked about it to my listeners last night, but I would love to hear your take and us go back and forth on it. Okay. Everyone's familiar with what happened already. It is, there's no new news. The kid's an idiot. The kid got arrested. I tweeted this out, and it needs to be reiterated. The kid is not getting drafted after what he has done. This doesn't impact his legacy, but this absolutely impacts his draft stock. I have heard... And it's pretty clear that the kid is not his priority straight, but I have heard that a lot of scouts have been rubbed the wrong way by his personality. He comes off as a kid that is a know-it-all as somebody that is perceived as somebody who, who feels that he's above everything. And this is a clear, this is before the incident that I found this out. This is a clear indication that that is how he acts, that he does whatever he pleases and he thinks he can get away with whatever he wants to do. And I see, I can't even say kid that that's the ridiculousness of this. If he was 20, if he was Anthony Richardson and he did this, who's, tw- I don't even think he's 20, oh, 21. God. Don't get me on the Anthony Richardson but thing. This week. If you are young and you do something stupid, it's a little bit more excusable. He is 25 years old. He is most likely a long-term backup with starter potential like Brock Purdy was or Gardner Minshew. But the reality is that if he is a backup, just like with kickers and punters, if your backup quarterback is causing negative attention to your team, he doesn't belong on your roster. That is how a lot of NFL decision makers are going to treat this because they do not want that to be a storyline asking the kid questions, asking the coach questions, asking the starting quarterback questions about if you think Stetson is getting a handle on everything and if he can handle the NFL. It is a waste of everybody's time. No one is going to want to invest long-term money in a guy like Stetson Bennett. Let me say this. I love Jim Nagy. Okay. I also know the guys that go there and talk to Jim. And Stetson stood Jim Nagy up. Okay. Yes. That is true. So, I just want to preface. I disagree with you that I still think he gets drafted. Now. Do I think that he gets drafted where I originally thought he would because of this? No. 
Okay, it's horrible decision making. Joe, we have NFL owners snorting cocaine off of hookers' butts. Jim, are you you have situations where Robert Kraft is getting a a happy time when he's in Florida? But the owners are not the ones. Hold on. Okay. If you think that he is going to sit in the sixth round and somebody that does business with Arthur Blank isn't going to pick up the phone and call Arthur and say, draft him in the sixth or seventh round because of what he did in Georgia, I love you to death, Joe. They're going to do it. I know that they got Desmond Ritter. I know that they got Desmond Ritter. I'm just telling you that's how some of this works. I talk with a guy. How do I want to say this? He he is the vice president of an NFL team that's in the South. Okay. Let me leave it like that. I think that you know who I'm talking about. I'll yeah. tell you. He told me that their owner has been asking them more questions about Stetson Bennett than they've asked about anybody else, and they have a quarterback, and they have a really good quarterback. Okay, this team. My point being is I think that when you have situations like the Brock Purdy scenario and you have a really good team and you spend a lot of money, they don't give two shits that you have a a public intoxication on your record when you could go out there and win two or three games. Who was the guy for Dallas when Dak was hurt? Nobody really rush. Cooper Rush, brother, they made it to the second round of the playoffs. Okay, he saved their season. He's really their MVP, in my opinion, because he saved their season. I think he's getting drafted. Okay, I now, don't disagree. I don't disagree. Sorry, let me. I'll go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm going. I, all I was going to say is, I don't disagree on the importance of having a good backup. Where I disagree is that because of the placement on the roster, the lack of day to day impact. They do not want to waste their time on somebody and their energy on someone protecting someone that is not impacting the game and might not impact the game all season long. They don't want distractions. This isn't like a Josh Gordon it's not type the first person that's been arrested for a public intoxication. But, but this isn't like this isn't like a, a a crazy athletic receiver or defensive end that did something really stupid and it's like let's take a flyer on him in the sixth round. If he gets his act together, he's going to be one of the best receivers on our team. It is a backup quarterback. Joe, I know of a guy that got drafted from my team at Southeastern that went to the combine and smoked more weed than the trees would allow, and he got drafted in the second round. Was he a quarterback? No. But that's my point, is that guys at other positions absolutely can 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 take those yeah. hits. It's specifically this one position. Here's, here's a here, wait, here's a good here's a good example. Okay. Good example. Do you remember a Mr. Chad Kelly and what he did and why he was removed Chad from Kelly, the NFL? Don't you dare! Don't you dare say Chad put Chad Kelly and Stetson Bennett in the yeah. same sentence. Some people thought that Chad Kelly was a really high upside and backup. Some people, and some people are idiots. The only reason that boy got drafted is because of his, uh, who his uncle was. And you he beat Alabama. That. He beat Alabama. He and was a high high upside in Alabama. But wait, wait, but look, he was somebody who who people thought like, hey, he'd Trevor be fine, Knight beat Alabama. He, people thought that he'd be a fine backup in the NFL, and he was on a roster for a little bit, and he got either really drunk or high, and he broke into somebody's apartment or or, or home. I forget what the story well, was. What's even crazy about that? The case got dropped because he was in a hotel room, and the key, you know, they gave him the wrong room number. And either way, either way, I get what you're saying. Stetson yeah. Bennett's not Chad Kelly. Quit it. Quit it. Now, because I, I only. But the, the logic from an NFL, an NFL decision maker, an NFL team is going to be let's just wait until he goes undrafted and, and not be tied any money do to that. It. They won't do that. They're not going to do that. AJ McCarron got drafted. What did AJ McCarron do except being a dork? Um, He got arrested for DWI before the draft. And they got swept under the rug. Pooh Bear, who's I, the kid? Who's the kid from Shreveport? I don't remember who, that being reported on. Maybe it was because it, it was too young. Got dropped. And you know who? And you know, no, you know what? It wasn't when he got drafted. 
it was his junior year going into his senior year, if I'm not mistaken. And he was with Miss Universe or Miss Alabama. Remember when Brett Musburger, like, yeah, lost it over. Yeah, I was like, oh, she's got big, (laughs) she got big, beautiful. And he pauses, he says, Oz, Pooh, who was the, the offensive tackle? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't even have to go there. Dog, they got Laramie Tunsil in a gas mask. He was an offensive tackle. He was a five-star recruit. He's insanely talented. I get it. He went in the first round. Brother, you're also missing. Hold on, hold on. I got one for you. Okay. Lyell Collins. Lyell Collins. Yeah. Should have been a first-round pick. And he went undrafted. You know why? Because they they thought he was a part of a murder trial. Did you know that Dallas picked him up while he was still under investigation, and then yes. the charges got dropped. But nobody signed him. I'm not saying that yeah, that's a good sign. Yes, or did. sorry, nobody drafted him, and they all waited for that's him to go. Murder. On that, this is public intoxication, brother. He was going up to somebody's but door. There's, there's there's no risk in in signing somebody to a Baker UDFA. Mayfield that's my was point. The first pick overall, and got tackled by police. This you want to hear something that's but, even more shitty? Click yeah. this if you want it, and put it on one of them little shorts that you do. Okay. Baker Mayfield got tackled more by police officers than he ever did by the University of Texas. And he still went in the first pick overall. And but, you know what he was? A quarterback. But here's the difference between Please Baker and it's all the charity stripe guys. The the difference between Baker Mayfield and Stetson Bennett is that Stetson Bennett is 25 years old and instead of if you're Bro, training, he was 24. If, if you're training and prepare, I'm talking the timing of this is very important to acknowledge. When you're training and preparing for the NFL combine, the season ends, you pack your bags, you fly to where you're doing your combine prep, and you do nothing else for the next three months. That is all you're focused on. You're at throwing sessions, you're in film sessions, you're in meetings. You're just at a training facility working and getting better and prepared. You also have to understand, Joe. He's let me ask you this question Do you yeah. go out and drink? Serious question. I stopped doing it as much. I don't do I, it as frequently because I, I actually you know what I mean. Like one thousand percent honest, I stopped drinking after New Year's. I haven't drank for a month, and this is such a hardo thing to say because I want. Stupid but I January or February, it, but it's not even before. that. I am deliberately making mature decisions because I thought it was negatively impacting me doing work. There were a couple times I'll, I'll say it here first. Like I showed up, we did the SEC show, SEC show, and I was hungover, and I was pissed at myself. You, when I did that. you, Rudy Pooh. <laughs> you knew I was hungover too. Uh, you were pretty bad. You were um, pretty bad. But like that's, I want to be more professional. So that's my point: is that if you have an intent to be have a career in the NFL, you need to take it seriously. And he's not going to. While NFL owners are getting happy go love time. Like Robert Kraft in Florida, they're they're billionaires that can that do whatever they want. They they're they're not the ones who's making the, the there's they pay the checks. I agree they don't with make Chris. You sound like a quitter. <laughs> Why? Because I'm trying to be responsible. Yes, you're a quitter. <laughs> All right. All right. Joseph, we we went an hour without talking about Tom Brady. By the way, very quick thoughts. Very quick thoughts on Tom oh, on Tom Brady. Yeah, um, very quick. Greatest quarterback of all time. He retired already. This I'm not like this isn't like oh my god, Tom retired. He retired last year. <laughs> so we're about to go live on AYS for my show, my my LSU, my LSU show. We're gonna talk about Tom Brady. I'm gonna make a very strong opinion. Best quarterback era that we've ever lived in. Oh, easily. Easily. Some people will say the Montana. Dan Marino and other Elway. God damn it! Oh, you're talking about Tom. producer for people for people who can't see. Forever, all of you on XM. Our producer Pooh says, "I bet he gets drunk and knocks on Giselle's door." <laughs> He's gonna right. call her. He's gonna call her. Hey man, let the kid live a little. Is it stupid? Let me acknowledge this before we leave. It's very stupid. However, a lot of people have made mistakes, and a lot of people say, give him a second chance. I think we need to give Stetson Bennett a second chance, too. I don't I think, think – I, I think it's I fine to give him a second it. chance, but he can get a second chance as an undrafted free agent, like most guys get. All right, whatever. We'll have this discussion. I, and I'm sure Eric's going to bully us into doing a, a draft show, which is 
by the way, me and Mike Yuva last year live streamed for four hours. I'm not doing that again. I don't know how you did it. (laughs) uh, I I made – well, we'll talk about it all. Yeah. All right. Joe, we're going to go this weekend now that we don't have – I mean – when will you be back? When can we go? Uh, I'm, I'm back on Friday, so we'll uh, we'll reconvene. I'm, I'm going to go Sunday, Saturday, whatever day it is. All right. We'll be back soon. See y'all.